WMMC HD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. What is an out-of-the-body experience? Do you really leave your body, or is something else happening? What if you can't get back? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 458th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those disconcerting questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening, we're doing something a little different than... A little different from the norm. A discussion with uh, several people who have had dramatic out-of-the-body experiences, or OBEs for short. And you're welcome to call in with your own experiences. The number is uh, for the yeah, almost said four. <laughs> no, it's 248-545-7685. Again, that's 248-545-7685. Okay, and we have a lot to get through tonight, uh, but I first want to say as a happy father, happy Father's Day to all those out there who uh, to whom that applies. I don't think you should be saying it yourself. I should be the one saying happy Father's Day. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right, we have three guests in our impromptu panel this evening. One is well-known to our longtime listeners. Kevin Cook has been a student of the paranormal for many years. He's a former minister, a convert to Roman Catholicism, and has been doing advanced degree work in theology, last I heard. Kevin hosts the Kevin Cook Show on the Inception Radio Network. He's been on this show, and Ben and I have been on his. He's the author of the book, Marian Apparitions Are Real. Kevin reports at least two remarkable OBEs, his websites, KevinCookShow.com and MarianApparitionsAreReal.com. He lives in Texas. Mary Lynn Hughes has been a broadcast news anchor, reporter, and producer. She also has experienced, researched, and written and taught about out-of-the-body travel and mysticism since 1987 and has appeared on numerous international radio and television programs to discuss her thousands of -of out-of-the-body experiences. She has featured in the documentary film The Road to Armageddon, Sounds cheerful, which was released in the fall of 2012 and has been featured in several books. Founder of the Out of the Body Travel Foundation in 2003, she has written 75 books along with many magazine articles and CDs. She lives in Colorado and her website is outofbodytravel.org. Our third guest is Donna. I'll leave it up to her if she wants to give us her last name. She lives in Rhode Island and is a longtime listener to the Monday Boston Providence edition of this show. It was her OBE and those of some other listeners that gave us the idea for a show like this. So, all right, everyone, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you. Okay, uh, Donna, we know you were a little nervous about being on the air, so let, let's give you a chance to uh, get started uh, and uh, just tell, tell us your experience, if you would, please. Only because people don't believe that it's, you know, a paranormal experience. Sure. We it know was, that better than anybody. It was within a dream. Okay. I literally came out of my body and wanted to go into the universe. Okay. I, I, I wanted to continue on, and I was attached with some cord that pulled me right back down to my bed, literally. Okay. I've that, never had anything like it in my lifetime. I never had it again. Well, you're talking to the right people. When did this happen? Approximately 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And has it ever ha- did it ever happen before or since, or just that one time? No, that one time. Okay. And I All right. Did. I wish okay. it could happen again. It was so pleasant. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's let's take that as our start. And um, why don't we uh, just sort of have uh, open questions and comments from others? Uh, I'd love to hear others, you know, experience yeah. the same thing. Sure. Uh, Marilyn, what say you? I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi, Donna. This is Marilyn. Um, you. What you're describing is a very typical experience into what I call the galactic heavens. Um, in the experiences that I've had in out-of-body travel, eventually you're taken through a portal, which um, may very well be like a black hole in heaven, but I call it the star tunnel. It takes you into a, a higher dimensional realm in the universe where you enter into what I call the galactic heavens because there is a heavenly realm where we go and we die, which goes well beyond this earth. It actually contains the souls of people from this earth, but also the souls of 
uh, other beings from other planets in the universe, and it, and, and that's why I call it the galactic heavens. And okay. so you are basically heading towards that portal, it looks like. Wow. All right. Uh, I, I, I'm just sorry, Fainer. I'm just going to keep it moving along here because we only have an hour. Um, I think I might have an entirely different interpretation, but Marilyn is here. Okay, go ahead. Well, to, well know, anyway, I, I just didn't want to come back. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, Donna. Further. Well, Do Donna, you're, you're an old hand at listening to our other show, so yeah. you know our opinion, so we'll leave it exactly. at that. Exactly. Now, I wanted to give, thank you, Marilyn. Um, I want to give you a chance to say, like, because you're, you're the expert here, but I wanted to give Kevin a chance. Kevin has had some very unusual. Uh, yes, I'd yeah. love to hear from other people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've had some pretty unusual ones. I've had some unusual people, I understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've uh, <laughs> quite a few. But, uh, no, actually, I had a, a really excellent out-of-body experience in my 20s when I was in Atlanta. Um, you know, Sue and I had a townhouse there, and uh, I found myself floating out of my body, staring back at Sue and myself on the bed. Exactly. And, and uh, I, uh, I, I, I'd heard of this before, and uh, I, I it was very vivid. I could see the texture of the light, say, because I kept the light on in the townhouse uh, in the hallway, you know, the bathroom or something, if you had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I could, I could make actual analysis. I was very vividly aware of, you know, I, like Sue was kind of a bed hog and, and would uh, <laughs> suck up all the bed, and I could see her pushing me off to the side. And I, you know, saw the way we were intertwined. And like I say, I could, you know, uh, an, analyze the quality of the light coming from the hallway. And it was kind of exhilarating because I, I thought, well, I know what this is. This is cool. I want to go see my brother in California. And then I, you know, I was fixing to do that. I started to rise up kind of. And I said, well, no, uh, I could see Doug anytime. I'll go to heaven. And, uh, so I started rising up kind of like in a slowly uh, above my body, and I saw, I kind of got cold feet. I thought, well, hey, I may not come back from that little trip. So uh, I, uh, I guess I also kind of snapped back into my body, like I guess I got flustered or something, and, uh, and that was all she wrote. But it was a very vivid experience. I remember it very well, much different than a regular dream or anything of that nature. Okay. Uh, Donna, do you have any questions for yeah, either Marilyn he, or Kevin at this point? Did he have a, a feeling of being attached to it? No, I really didn't have an attached kind of feeling. It was kind of a feeling of exhilaration, like uh, yeah. a, couple cinder, a couple cinder blocks were off your shoulders, and this was great. I, I really, I guess, you know, uh, at this point, I'd have probably gone along with it, you know, in my age, but I'm just saying it's 20s, you know. Uh, you know, before Sue and I got divorced and all that stuff, <laughs> you know, life looked pretty good. And yeah, uh, um, you didn't want to come back, correct? No, I didn't really want to come back. No, I didn't either. I wanted to go further. But yeah, something uh, brought questions, me ben? back. And, Working and on it. That okay. was the end of it. <laughs> if you, uh, if I could just inter, inter, uh, sure. interject here, um, the experience that uh, Kevin is describing is very typical of of like a first uh, out of body experience. And one of the things that happens that both Donna and Kevin are describing is that when you go into the out-of-body travel state, you are disconnecting from your physical, spiritual connection to a higher level vibration. Part of the reason people don't want to come back is because you're connecting, in a sense, to the, um, the universal oneness of God. There's a certain sense of peace, unconditional love. There's peace. a yeah, peace, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and so that's why people don't want to come back because the level of love that we can achieve or experience in a third dimensional body is so much less intense than what we can experience when we go into a higher dimensional aspect of ourselves. And so it's very uh, typical that people don't want to come back. Well, I had one, another one uh, later in life, not the, but about five or six years ago. It was a little more exotic, uh, if you want me to tell you that one. All right, all right. Hold, hold on here. I got a few questions for you, Marilyn. Okay. So, what? All right, let's, let's, let's start with this vibrations thing and the oneness and stuff. All right, so you, you can't achieve oneness with all things in this, well, let's put it in how you said, this physical realm that we're in now currently. It's not enough. Not, not entirely. No, you can, A lot of people can achieve certain levels of it with 
uh, if they're a really, really high level meditation or contemplation, but it's usually something that people are going to experience in a mystical or out-of-body experience. Okay. So it wasn't enough time, if, if I may add, it wasn't enough time to continue with it. Something, right, and a lot of times we're not allowed to go further. Right well, well, can I ask, Donna, what do you mean there wasn't enough time? Did you, like, wake up? or I what? wanted to go back, yes, and I, I, I was brought back, like, with something attached to me. Oh, I see what you like, mean. Okay, yeah. And I, I wanted to just go on with it, and I was brought back into my dream, into my bed, and woke up. And what you're describing, Donna, is what a lot of people have described as the silver cord, which attaches the spirit and yes. the soul to the body. It now, I like myself have never experienced that, but I have heard um, thousands of people who have. So that is a very common experience. And what okay. happens usually when someone leaves a body uh, at first, as you were mentioning, Ben, you are mentioning the vibrations. The body, it feels like it's your body, but it's actually the vibration level of your soul, your spirit. What, is, what are these why, vibrations? Why can't everyone experience that? Well, eventually we all will because we don't stay here forever. But, um, but the, um, but the vibrations are actually, uh, people will experience this. I have a, a book I might recommend to get more details for people. Come to Wisdom's Door. It's at outofbodytravel.org. I'm sorry, what, Donna? It was one of the most wonderful experiences I had, that, that dream. Exactly, yeah. And the vibrations come as a result of we are kind of like being tuned up like a jet engine. Our spirit is coming forward. Our physical self is moving back. As you experience out-of-body travel, at first you're going to experience the vibrational state as a very, very shocking thing. Uh, some people even get headaches from it. Because oh, it's no. like you, no, well, I know you didn't experience that, but other people do, and that's what I'm trying to explain. Yeah. Um, the vibrations then will, you'll go through phases where you're, you're actually put through vibrational raisings. And what happens is that those, it's almost like if you're revving your engine. And the reason that these are happening is because your spiritual vibration has to raise up to whatever level that God is choosing to let you see in the spiritual realms. And everything beyond this earth and even everything in this earth is made up of certain kinds of vibrations. Okay, I'm afraid I have to stop everybody for a break. Oh, no, okay, we got, <coughs> we got about a minute. Okay, uh, yeah, Ben and I will express our opinions at the end, but thank you, Marilyn. Uh, we're going to take a break here. Uh, we have three breaks in the show, and uh, we're going to give uh, uh, everyone a chance to, to talk about it. I'd like to start come back with Kevin uh, and his interesting uh, experience there. But in the meantime, you are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio with our very interesting guests, Marilyn Hughes, Kevin Cook, and Donna. We'll be right back. Stick with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. Shake and hear like this tune. 
increases the chance of misinterpretation. So let your hips do the talking. I'll make you laugh by acting like the guy who sings. You'll make me smile by really getting into the swing. Getting into the swing. Getting into the swing. CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Here we are. We're going to keep going here, try, with Kevin. And I wanted to give Kevin a chance to talk about his remarkable experience. Kevin, if I could uh, prevail upon you to start once more. Uh-oh. Well, maybe... <laughs> Okay, well, in that case, let's go to Marilyn. Marilyn, you haven't told us about any of your experiences yet. Well, my experiences started when I was about nine years old, and I had a really mind-blowing experience at that time where it was one of those, one of those uh, experiences where in the, you know, the heavens opened, the clouds were on the sides, there was a marble staircase leading to this throne, and there were angels on both sides. And at that time... Uh, I was given a lot of information, and part of it was just that there was something I would do later. And I began having the experiences again at the age of 22. And it started a lot like what Kevin described, having the typical just floating floating outside of your body and experiencing that. But it expanded to so much more because I was taken into interdimensional travel, and I began my my, uh, journeys in in the heavenly realms. But then I started learning more about like both the purgatorial realms and the hell realms. And so now it's, it's the whole gamut. And along the way, I learned how to help lost souls. I learned how to deal with uh, demonic spirits and the mystical. Um, so I've had thousands of these experiences. Um, and so, you know, one of my books is called The Mysteries of the Redemption, a treatise on out-of-body travel and mysticism. And it really... Uh, explains those experiences but it began it began very simply like uh, what uh, Kevin had described but then I started seeing angels and different types of spiritual teachers who would teach me different kinds of things as I was going along my path I was learning more and more uh, what God wanted from me and from us in um, in our lives um, it's hard to pick just one, but I guess right. I no, I understand. Well, let, let me let me just ask a question here before we go. Sure. Um, we are, um, I suppose, you could describe us as uh, skeptical. I don't know what. I've been at this for forty something years, and, yeah. and I've seen it at all. One of the things I learned early on, and maybe this was my theological education, was uh, nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. Uh, I'm very, very cautious. And, and if you are a religious person, you know that, that the, the ancient mystics of the church, the saints uh, of, of just about any religion, would have said, be very, very careful. Uh, exactly. Even in First John, it says, don't believe every spirit. Don't trust every spirit. And in Greek, it actually says, I might gripe with the Bibles. It's not accurately translated, but it really does say, don't, don't trust every spirit. Um, how do you know... This was actually what it appeared to be. Well, I went through a mystical training regarding that as well. And one of the things is the, you know, the biblical discernment of spirits, 
which is asking the spirits if they acknowledge that Christ came down in the flesh and became man. Um, that was part of it. Um, I was shown different ways of discerning the spirits. Uh, and in the beginning, I was, you know, a lot of the things that I was seeing involved lost souls, uh, people what, who had a died. Lost in, soul? A lost soul is someone who, uh, some for one reason or another, it's usually because of a sudden death or because of some kind of unusually traumatic death, died suddenly, and they're stuck because they don't realize that they have not crossed over. They don't realize that they are actually dead. Yeah, we, we, I don't believe any of that. We, the, the, you know, and all these, with, with the greatest respect to you. Uh, I, believe, I appreciate I, I no that, disrespect. but let me explain what happens. Like, for instance, in a car accident, someone dies in a car accident. They don't even know what really happened to them. Their vibrations have not lifted out of the physical ability to see beyond. And so uh, the angelic realm will use people who have certain gifts to help them find a physical point of reference who can help them to raise their vibrations enough just so that they will be able to see their guardian angels who can then help them make that crossover. What if you don't believe in any of this stuff? So what happens to them? Well, that's part of the reason some of the people are lost. Some people, uh, some people are atheists. They don't believe that anything happens so after their death. What? And I, I am the farthest thing you'll ever find from an atheist, but they're just lost. I mean, this sounds kind of like very dogmatic, and I don't know. And again, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, you know, we're here. We're all here to learn. I'm just saying that that's not the way I've ever experienced anything in my research. And I came out of the seminary because they. Well, Threw me out because they didn't like my opinions. But in any case, uh, you know. But I, I say I, I address you with the greatest respect, you know, for your opinions. Um, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's not something that has anything to do with anything dogmatic or, you know. Um, I understand the theological side of things because I studied that as well. But well, then there's you know, what happened to you. Theology. What happened to me? So you know. Right. And I asked who you studied with. You said you had I've mystical I've training. Who was that with? What mystical training happens through the angels of God. So it's something that you are put through in the mystical state itself. And that is probably something a little hard for you as well. But in my, in my, uh, in my journeys, I was led to acquire, you know, the ancient sacred texts from, from throughout the world, throughout world religions of the prophets, saints, mystics, sages, and saints, and to study those. And what I have discovered is that every single mystic has a little piece of the puzzle that they are being, you know, given to put into the world, to bring into the world. That's why there's so many of them, because not one of us could possibly contain the knowledge of God because he is so vast. And so it's not that it's not that just because someone is uh, an atheist or because someone had a car accident and died that they didn't cross over. It's, it's just, an, it's just a one example of many different ways that sometimes that happens. Okay, sometimes, no, I understand. Um, I just I want to keep moving in, in the OBE direction here. We can always do another show on, on that whole issue. But um, I, I must provide some counterpoint here by saying I have never in my life had an OBE that I am aware of, despite hanging around this stuff for, for many, many years. I can't speak for my son, of course, but um, I, I was really anxious to hear what Kevin had to say. We're going to try to get him back during the break because he has had a very interesting encounters with interesting people during his OBEs, according to him. I must say uh, I was kind of uh, chuckling uh, when I woke up this morning because uh, I spent uh, last evening in a dream state, presumably, uh, with I had a lovely evening with the Obamas, I must say. It was... <laughs> You know, of course, and I, I'm a very vivid and lucid dreamer, but I just, I've just never, uh, never had an OB that I can think of. Ben, what about you? Uh, I did, and then I was like, oh, I don't really want. I was like, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to do this. And I've, I've had said. people. I have very dear friends. Hello, uh, I'm on hold. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've had some very dear friends who have had OBs, but have been very afraid of them. Now, Donna, if I can get you back in the conversation yes, here. Yes, I'm, I'm right here. Sure. Uh, do you? Um, at any point, were you frightened that you couldn't get back? And, and maybe Mary, Mary Lynn can comment no, on No, I wanted to go on. I wanted okay. to continue. Okay. And I didn't in any way associate it with religion. Okay. It was just something 
I, I wish I could have it again. Yeah, okay. And I'm well, wondering why I can't get it again. It was that one time in life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have to take another break. Uh, it's bottom right. of the hour. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal on CBS New Sky Radio with Paul and Ben Eno and our very interesting guests, Marilyn, Donna, and Kevin, if we can get them back. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben and the man to my left is Paul. And with us tonight we have uh, Marilyn Hughes, uh, Donna from Winsocket. And we are finally going to get on to Kevin Cook and have him talk about his experiences. Yeah, so Kevin, uh, take it away. Before anything else happens, take it away. All right, I will. Uh, No, we have that happen sometimes, every every now and then. But uh, no, uh, what happened was, it started about five or six years ago. I had, once again, it was a dream-oriented out-of-body experience. And uh, it was very vivid. It had a different characterization than the normal mishmashy dream. And once again, it was very vivid. Uh, Your observations were clear-cut. And... I found myself, and I knew I was out of my body, by the way, in a 1950s-style sunken living room, kind of like the old Dick Van Dyke show. And I was there with Frank Sinatra and Anne Francis. <laughs> now, of course, you know, somebody think I'm uh, smoking wacky weed or something. But no. But, but no. no what ha- okay, Marilyn, let me talk. No, it's, it's real. So Yo, Donna, let me talk. I'm sorry. Donna, okay. 
what I'm saying I'm sorry. is, uh, you yeah, sorry. okay. Right. Do you want me to go on with this or what? Okay. What all I'm right, saying all right. is, all right. one at a time, please. Go ahead. Okay. What I'm saying is, uh, it was very vivid, and I found myself in a very kind of amusing situation where um, I was talking to Frank, and I was saying, Frank, I don't want to go back. I want to stay here with you and Ann, and all this stuff. And he was saying, in typical Frank Sinatra, brogue, you got to go back, kid. You got to win this kind of thing. And it was kind of amusing. And, you know, he was drink, of course, he was drinking bourbon and smoking a camel, so was I. And, at any rate, what it was, was, you know, it was a very vivid dream. It stayed with me. But here's where the kicker came in. About three weeks later, I was taking a uh, break, uh, you know, off the road. I'm a salesman. I was just taking a break. And uh, I was going through a magazine called Paranormal Magazine. It's no longer out, you know. And uh, there was fr- the same 1950s living room. Uh, it was Frank Sinatra's Lake, uh, Lake Tahoe Casino. And there was the same living room that was the scene of this dream. Wow. And I'd, ne- I'd never heard of any connection with Frank in terms of Lake Tahoe. It was always Palm Springs or Vegas or something or Jersey or something like that. And, I mean, I'll tell you guys, it was the same damn living room. And since then, <laughs> there's been a few other little Frank Sinatra inputs, too. Really? Why Frank Sinatra, do you think? I don't know. I always liked Frank Sinatra, but I'm not related to him in any way. But yeah. I don't know. I guess, uh, well, well... You the know, mob... our theories in some place in the multiverse, you are him. You know, that, that's the well, maybe from. so. It'd I mean, the it connection, be... if that's correct. I um, don't know. That's great. What, what else? Um... Well, it's... it's some very strange things. Uh, like, uh, like, for example, this is in recent times. Uh, I was thinking, you know, I carry Frank Sinatra's songs on my phone... And uh, it's not something you ever hardly listen to once every three or four months or something. But it was like little small things. Like uh, I was like I was just yearning and burning after work to listen to a Frank Sinatra song. So I did. But then my business partner calls me an hour later to tell me that Frank Sinatra's son was on <laughs> a show on the uh, Sopranos uh, and uh, as a guest star. And uh, just little Frank Sinatra anecdotes. And then. I had another notion about three weeks ago that, uh, uh, well, of course, you know, I'm a big Catholic and all that. And it was freaking, you know, I was thinking, I wonder if Frank Sinatra sang Ave Maria. And, of course, no one would ever associate Frank with Ave Maria. And, I mean, this was a yearning, burning thing, like, look it up. Hmm. And I did, and by golly, Frank Sinatra is on iTunes for Ave Maria. And these are not all small things in and of themselves. But if you look at the continuity of it all, it's it's quite remarkable, especially with the magazine the picture of the, the sunken living room and uh, yeah. other little small things. Well, as Marilyn says, all these little things add up. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Now, Marilyn, we have a uh, we only are, I think we're going to have time for one uh, communication from a listener here because of our limitations. But this is for for you specifically. It came in from Vesna says from dear old London. And if I may read this and you can answer it, uh, I've tried Otara meditation, something I've never heard of, for six days, but it took physical toll on me. I'd love to have an OBE, but for now, I've gone back to my regular Abraham Hicks meditation. I don't know about that either. Been doing it for 2.5 years. Suggestions, comments, opinion. Thank you. Marilyn, Um, you can understand what this is. Yeah, the frequency of Otara is a, a CD that I put out which was given to me directly from the angels, which includes the, uh, the eight octaves into the higher vibrational spheres. And a lot of people have had great success with it. My suggestion is if you're tired, take some time off from it. Uh, maybe in that time, read Come to Wisdom's Door, which, which is a very short book explaining how to have the out-of-body experience and then come back to it when you feel ready to do so. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that maybe answers the question. Uh, what is the Abraham Hicks meditation specific? Is that something to do with the OBEs? Or I don't know what the Abraham Hicks meditation is. I never heard of it either. Let me ask all of you. Um, do you think that OBEs are something to be sought out? Uh, yeah. Are they something that, because for some people, they're very unpleasant and frightening. For other people, yeah. as, as with Donna, they were very pleasant. Um, what, what is I your think opinion? That, I, think they're kind of, I personally think they're kind of a... Well, okay, a very strong person could do it. 
but I think someone that's not hinged too well might get rattled. I had a guy named William Bullman on who's a big OBE guy. Oh, we had him on once, too, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't just that crazy about William, but uh, he, of course, he teaches you how to do it and whatnot. But uh, I don't know. To be honest with you, the average person, I would say not to do it. Just, and that's just that's just my own subjective opinion. It's not based on anything dramatic. Can I make a comment? Yeah, go ahead, Donna. Sure. I would love to have another one. It was that pleasant. Yeah. And I'd oh, like to interject, if I could, as well. Sure. Uh, would that be all right? Um, the purpose of out-of-body experiences goes well beyond, you know, the a lot of people will try to prove that they're happening by having someone focused in another room or in another part of the country. That's more of what I would call the parlor trick kind of out-of-body experiences. But when someone is truly um, following the path that is meant for the spiritual highest good of that soul, the out-of-body experiences generate and accelerate the purification path of the soul. And Paul, you mentioned that you had uh, talked about a lot of the ancient mystics in the Catholic tradition. It's very similar to that, the uh, the interior castle of St. Teresa, the seven-story mountain of Tom Merton. Um, all of the St. John of the Cross teachings, it's about the purification of the soul. And um, if I could just read a short excerpt here, it might give you a better idea. The out-of-body experience is purposeful. It has a purpose. It's, uh, uh, it's meant for that process. And so those who really approach it from the idea that they are trying to reach, understand, know, and serve God more, they're going to have more uh, more experiences, and it's going to become more and more intense, and it gets much, much further and further away from this ground level of the third dimension. But if you'd like a, I'd like to a just short excerpt. One thing. I'd like to just say one thing about that. I okay. knew I was attached somehow. I knew I was going to come back. I knew that. In that experience, I knew I was going to come back. Yeah, most people do. Most people do. Marilyn, what, the... Marilyn, what would you think that was about the Frank Sinatra thing? What do you make of that? Do you think that was legit experience? Or, I mean, I, as far as I know. Absolutely. I, I think it's possible that um, the that you were being shown a, a basically a deja vu kind of thing by having the experience and then ending up at that place. And I really think that for some reason, Frank Sinatra or your own guardian angels were using your, your um, attraction to his music or something like that to lead you to his specific recording of the Ave Maria. That's yeah. what it's like to yeah. me. Yeah, that that was really wild. Because I, I had a little internal debate with myself. I was thinking, oh, Frank never sang that. That this doesn't sound like his genre, you know. And right. Like, and he actually did a very fine job with it. But uh, I, I've had a lot of people in the show that I, I uh, run uh, who have had near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences, and actually seeing people at the near-death uh, format uh, seeing like Absolutely. visiting relative, visiting relatives and things. Oh, I've seen those too, and I've seen them in out-of-body experiences, and you see your pets that have passed on. Thank um, God for are... that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I tell you know most. I tell most people I'd be happy if I, if me and my dachshund haunted the Adirondacks, and that's it. I mean, I mean, I'll accept that as a reward. That's it. Don't need anything else. <laughs> One thing I'd like to do, Paul, if it's okay with you, is just read this short excerpt because it's a very introductive type thing. That, Can I ask um, a question? Sure. How do you explain someone seeing, um, you know, a, a spirit at the end of their bed saying you're coming home? Uh, that's a pretty common experience. One of the things that I All right, would... I'm going to have Yes? Uh, yes, no, we, gotta th- we have to take a break. Okay. Okay, I thought we had lost ourselves again here, but... No, 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 we're fine. Okay, very good. I'm All hanging right. on. <laughs> okay, so uh, we uh, just everybody hang on. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal on CBS New Sky Radio with Paul and Ben Eno and our guests this evening, Donna, Mary Lynn, and Kevin Cook. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Enlighten, empower, 
Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, I got the hand signal, so I'm introducing us back to the final segment of the show. A very uh, excitingly chaotic uh, <laughs> edition of Behind the Paranormal here. Pleasantly confused. Indeed. <laughs> so let us pleasantly confusing. Yeah. yeah, well, Mainly it's, it's fun. technical glitches, but in any case. Well, anyway. Yeah. All right, well, welcome back, everyone. And uh, I, I just thought I'd take a second to give our minority opinion on what this is all about. And again, who knows? But um, in my back by the late 70s, I was already becoming convinced that, that these general theories of the paranormal were just not up to the job of explaining exactly what... I was seeing and experiencing. Everybody assumes, or assumed, it still assumes most people that you're dealing with spirits and uh, different, you know, levels of spiritual activity. And, all this and you know, but but again, it doesn't explain what I was seeing anyway. So in 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 the theories that I adopted and that Ben and I use today, and that have been, if I may say, very successful in dealing with different kinds of cases from UFOs all the way down to Goes I might add that one, sort of thing. One more thing to your show. Okay. This, this is a, a, a true uh, out of body experience. I I cannot explain it any more than I did, and I wish everyone in this world could have it. Yeah. Okay. No, it's understood. So I think that that what what people are experiencing is 
simply the, the, the growth and realization of uh, the many parallel worlds, because that's the theory we, yeah. we use is the, um, the, the multi multiverse theories of quantum mechanics to, it was it really it was the only thing that explained to me what, uh, what was, what was happening. Yeah, it was exactly the, we were already no in these places and you're experiencing these things. And uh, this is what it is. So th that's our two cents on that. But I did want to ask, uh, because this did kind of come up, what is the difference between an OBE and, an, and a, a near-death experience? And I'm going to start with Marilyn on that. Basically, the, the primary difference is that in a near-death experience, someone's actually dead. In an out-of-body experience, someone is still alive, but they're actually separating from the body and having a similar experience. Um, someone who's near death might go a little bit further, uh, depending on what God's will may be, because no. obviously the people who have had near-death experiences do, are coming back, and God usually knows that ahead of time. So, right. no, I'm that, sorry, go ahead. And so, uh, the difference is primarily just the state of being alive versus dead at the moment that it happens. All right, Kevin? Well, I'd say that that sounds about right, but the phenomenology does seem to be something similar in that you frequently in near-death experiences you'll see uh, angelic or uh, spiritual beings, and uh, uh, it's just quite and it's really quite a, a similar uh, facet. Well, in our studies, uh, at least in the research I've done, that the the near-death experience uh, and the OB are are at least the way I see it, are not necessarily quite, quite as universal as may as is generally considered in other words not everybody has similar OBEs and and not everybody has similar uh near death experiences as as no. Donna experienced a very positive OBE uh other people experience very negative ones and th there can be differences from culture to culture not always but at least that's my information uh Marilyn do you notice cultural differences among people, say, from other parts of the world or other religions or other cultures when it comes to OBEs? Ironically, not as much as you would think. Hmm. I think I find more similarities than differences because if you do look at the writings of the mystics throughout time, throughout the world, they are all touching into the same source from a different place on the planet. Yeah, that, is, that is well put, yeah. And so yeah. when you actually just read the writings of the people who have those experiences, they are much more similar than different, although what you're talking about is very true. And part of that comes from the fact that we do have heaven, hell, and purgatory. In each one of those categories, there are millions of realms. And so that attributes to some of the differences because each of us has different issues that we are approaching death with where we're going to be resonating to where we are most compatible my dream was 20 years ago, and I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Marilyn. That's uh, certainly Marilyn's well, I, I respect Marilyn's um, opinion. But, um, Donna, why don't we give you a chance to make a, just a very brief final statement? Yes, I, I firmly believe that there's such a thing that you can do that within a dream. It's a okay. dream within a dream. I All right. firmly believe in it. Thank and, you. Uh, Kevin, what's your final Oh, I just find it a fascinating topic, and, and I'm, I think for me, the, one of the reasons I experienced, if there was a way of explaining it, experienced it early on is to know there's more than just a length, width, and height to the world, and it kind of opened me up to other possibilities, and I've sure run across them. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, I want to thank our panel tonight and apologize once again for the technical glitches, but we did seem to get through it. Uh, certainly want to thank, of course, Donna, uh, Marilyn Hughes, and... Uh, Thank Kevin you. and Kevin and Marilyn, well, why don't you, Marilyn, why don't you just give give your website one more time? It's at outofbodytravel.org, and all our resources are available for free download. Outstanding. Okay, Kevin, how about yours? Uh, yes, it's uh, www.kevincookshow.com, and uh, books, websites, how to listen to the show is all on that. And uh, we've got a similar show on near-death experiences tomorrow. On uh, Oh, really? That's good. And you also, as, as I'm always saying, uh, Kevin is not only a delight, a good friend and a delightful guest, he also is the best radio voice I've ever heard in my opinion. Mm. Anyway. I, I just, I appreciate that. I just wish it paid better. <laughs> well, <I tell> us, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, thank you very much. I hope all there were others that call in also. Meryl, I'll get up with you, too. I, I'd, I'd like to get up with you, too. Okay. All righty. Thank, thank you very okay. much. Okay. Okay. Good night. Okay, everybody. Uh, we uh, point out Barnes & Noble Nook and Kindle, Amazon Kindle, where my books are available, uh, Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, and Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, and there are a few others and other subjects if you're interested in that.
Alright, so check out our websites, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find over free, over 500 free podcasts of all our past shows. And also you can check out our site at www.NewEnglandGhosts.com, where there are case studies, photos, along with articles by my dad. And if you buy my books on either of those sites, you will keep us, uh, help, help us keep those podcasts free. Uh, also on our sites, you'll find direct links to several charities that Ben and I have adopted, including the city of Moore, Oklahoma, devastated by the recent tornado. And uh, go ahead, Ben. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we will see you next week when we will welcome back our good friend, author, and researcher, Mac Maloney. For a look behind area, or for a look beyond, I almost said behind, like behind the paranormal, right. beyond area 51 to such areas around the world that are little known. So send your questions or comments with the form at behindtheparanormal.com or email to paul at behindtheparanormal.com. And in the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time Show on WON, 1240 AM and com at 6 p.m. every time, every Eastern time, I should say, every Monday, and check out the over 450, I should say, 500 podcasts at that site. Now, I did want to mention uh, two of the charities that we have adopted just in, in the final minute here. Uh, USA Cares, they're, they're great folks. They provide financial and advocacy assistance to post-9-11 active duty U.S. military personnel, veterans, and their families. Uh, they assist all branches of the service, all ranks and components, and I've uh, seen the great things that they have done. They, uh, If someone can't make his mortgage payment or her mortgage payment out comes a check from these people they're just just really 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 great so please check out uh, usacares.org and for our canadian listeners check out canadians veterans canadian veterans advocacy.org uh, bill blaze's excellent charity and uh, which takes care of our canadian veterans as well so please check that out and we will leave you this evening with a thought from the american author speaker and educator dr leo buscalia quote a single rose can be my garden a single friend my world I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time.